0: Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases. The folks refusing to wear masks, says. And politicians getting caught grabbing ass, says. She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez.
1: I got to see John on the way out, but uh, I didn't realize I was uh, on, I was about here when I heard Jen say, uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. And I was like, ah, I don't get to say hi to Jen Weigel. So, Hey Jen, have a wonderful evening. I'm actually going out to see uh, my son uh, tonight. It's so crazy to think her son is a senior in high school. Uh, my son is a, f- a sophomore in college and he's performing tonight in an improv group. So I'll be heading out to see his show. In the meantime, we have a lot to talk about. There is a uh, so much break. Breaking news today. Uh, Last night, uh, I started uh, getting a little bit of the news about 25 Republican governors committing to stand with Governor Abbott in his fight against the National Guard, like having his National Guard have to work with Border Patrol and going in contrast, in conflict basically ignoring the Supreme Court's ruling uh, in regards to our border while the case still is in courts in Texas and 25 governors and some of them on television now, I believe the governor of Oklahoma and several others have committed their military, their uh, state forces to go down to Texas. And then you have these roaming bands of incels now going down to Texas so to stand on the border. I, I The one thing I'm worried about is that some of these nimrods are going to get hurt. They're going to get shot they're gonna or create some situation where somebody gets killed and it's gonna be complete mayhem uh, that's one of the things I'm, I'm concerned about I am uh, concerned about people who are like yeah finally you know if we if they you know create this civil war situation uh, somebody posted that uh, and uh, really kind of interesting by the way to our friend on social media that you clipped where that post came from because I would like to see the source otherwise it's something you just created that you're like oh look what somebody else said uh, I can, we could basically say that you said that, that um, that way, uh, the part of Illinois that does not agree with uh, Chicago, the uh, more conservative areas can also secede and join India, become part of Indiana. All this like craziness. This has been settled. It was settled in the Constitution. And if there was any question after that, it was settled in 1865, done and dusted. Uh, I know that. Uh, a lot of us uh, do want the president of the United States, Joe Biden, to do something that is definitive. And this is a time to stand in front of those cameras and say, these are the United States of America. And he can federalize these group, these uh, these guard groups, you know, whether it's the uh, state is it. The, it's the National Guard of Texas, Texas's own uh, military force. He can federalize them. And then the question becomes now all these people on social media are like, oh, yeah, well, uh, this. This guy uh, who used to draw the uh, Dilbert, uh, he's out there saying, you know, women don't get how the male brain works. We've already gamed this scenario out. And I assure you that the men and women in the military, which, interesting, I I don't even think he said men and women. I'm sure he just said the dudes, are ready to basically fire upon uh, anybody who goes against the Republicans. Is this what we're doing? Is this really what we're doing today is— gaming out what the violence is going to look like along the border. And I've been curious about this. I, I did a little bit of research because, you know, it's not just this entry point where we're seeing uh, this this woman and her two children who drowned because the uh, Texas National Guard would not let the Border Patrol assist them. The of course, Texas is uh, responsible for putting razor wire in the water. Right. So they can't see it. Everyone is now complaining about, oh, now they don't want barbed wire. We are talking about underwater razor wire that can injure people who are coming. And look, I don't want... This to work out this way either for people to come across the border and we're not able to track and document who is coming across the border. I am for reforming legal immigration. I am against illegal immigration. I think that we need to have a system that works. We did not put funding into making sure. Oh my! Am I? I came in hot, everybody. I just realized I feel like I've been sitting for the last couple hours working and then listening to things in the background. But this, you know, this issue at the border, Democrats absolutely support legal immigration and doing the best we can to help everyone involved, whether it's the people in our communities, people who are coming here, people who are being used as political pawns. I just found out if you were listening to Joan's show yesterday, she was talking about how um, she was talking to the woman in Texas who works uh, in the in the legal aid for people who are coming across the border. This is another part of the story we're not hearing here. We know that volunteer groups, organizations that are trying to meet the buses as they arrive, uh, are trying to have food ready, have blankets and uh, warmer clothing ready for them. The idea that Volunteer groups in Texas are trying to prepare the people who are getting on the buses. Right, they're like, okay, here's where you're going. This is what the weather's like. Here's what you what to expect when you get there. And then Governor Abbott, realizing that people are helping them there, changes the destination of the buses so that now it's a longer trip. It's someplace they didn't know they were going, ill prepared for the the situation. Uh, it, it, there's nothing. There's just nothing Christian about this. If this is what they want to make us believe that these are Christian values. There is nothing Christian about it. And uh, I, I really do think that uh, the president needs us to figure out what that speech is, everybody. We need we need a statement uh, in regards to 25 governors essentially saying we stand with Texas if they decide to resort to violence when it comes to the border. I mean, outright violence. Abbott just said last week. He wishes he could shoot people crossing the border. That's what he wants to do. He wants to cross. He wants to shoot people for crossing the border. That's not. That's not how this works. Ugh. Okay. And then the other thing is, if you haven't heard yet, uh, is the decision by the jury in the E. Jean Carroll case. They were asking for I think they were, maybe they were they got five million in the first case when the, the jury had decided that uh, that Trump had committed libel, that uh, he had defamed her, that he had uh, brought uh, he, he had brought um, fear into her life, uh, that he had had a negative impact on her career. They awarded her five million dollars. And of course, he immediately went ahead and did it again and and then did it during the trial and all kinds of. Uh, shenanigans, I guess would be the best way to put it. a lot of shenanigans in court, including Donald Trump walking out uh, while he was on the stand. And, and I, I guess nothing's going to happen with the fact that his attorney, Haba lied in court that on Monday she she wanted to have a delay because she had been exposed to covid. She wasn't feeling well. Her parents had covid and she wanted a delay. Really, it was so that Donald Trump did not have to testify before the New Hampshire primaries. It doesn't like it didn't matter. I I thought the whole thing was he does better in in his polling. The more he looks like he's the victim. They're being so mean to me. Well, they awarded him. This is how mean they were to him. Eighty three million (laughs) dollars. I don't know how much of that anyone's ever going to see. Of course, he has enough money to appeal, to appeal, to appeal. And then and then ask all of his his supporters, his cult right his cult to give him money in order to cover his legal fines and fees and uh, and then habba was out in front of a press Conference, talking about how you know the judge wouldn't let him have his First Amendment right. He made me tell him what my question going to be, and that what we're going to be the, the, you know, the guy's answers. Uh, and I, I wish we had time to talk to Renato Mariotti today because he posted about how uh, every lawyer, every lawyer who has actually worked in a courtroom has worked on cases like this, uh, are wondering what the hell she's talking about. Because uh, none of it makes any sense. She kept trying to introduce things uh, improperly. She was not following the uh, process of fighting your case arguing your case. So $83 million was a decision. And I don't know. <laughs> they weren't asking for that much. Somebody posted, I don't know if this was true. It looked like it, it must have been a joke, but now it seems like it's real. Uh, what's the, Basically, what's the biggest number we can give her? And, uh, and everyone started posting infinity, you know, a lot of Buzz Lightyear uh, jokes there. So that's one of the things that's going on as well. I, uh, I know that there's so much that even Republicans now are going on Fox News. Uh, some commentators are talking about how the economy is is doing pretty well. There's one. Uh, Chip Roy made a statement about how the Republicans basically have nothing to offer, uh, which is uh, quite true. Hold on a I I kept a, a copy of this uh, this tweet. Earlier, he had an interview on, uh, I think, Chip Roy, Rep. Chip Roy said uh, on Fox Radio that uh, he says, I'm sick of these gutless cowards in Washington. You know what we're going to put on the floor next week? A tax cut for corporations because Republicans are whores for endless wars and corporations. Rep. Chip Roy. Couldn't have said it better myself. So those are some of the uh, stories in the news today. Uh, We'll open up the phone lines. Let me know what's on your mind today. 773-763-9278. And it is New Timer Friday. So we've got some great gift cards to give away. We'd love to share those with you, so 773-763-9278, because between 5.30 and uh, 6, we won't have too much time to take calls. We're going to be talking to a Supreme Court justice candidate. We're going to try to judge. Jesse Reyes is going to join us in studio. And so in the meantime, if you want to call now or while I'm on the air with uh, Scott Stantis in the 6 o'clock hour, we'd love to hear from our first-time Friday callers. That's 773-763-9278. It's it's a lot of fun to win a prize and just say hi to me. That's all you got to do. We're going to give away some gift cards from Gindo, Spice of Life Hot Sauce Brown Sugar Bakery, Crave Brothers Farmstead Cheese, Sam's Famous Salsa of Naperville, Timeless Toys Rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends, Hungry Monkey Baking Company Uwe Kitchen and Wine Bar and of course our friends at Boot Tights. So let's take a break here we'd love to hear from you at 773 763-9278 More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal
0: Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278 driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820 yes,
1: Our phone lines are open and you don't have to be a first timer to call we just would love to hear from you but the phone lines are open for anything you want to talk about a lot going on in the news today and Jim wants to cover all of it let's get the Jim in Chicago Jim what's on your mind my friend
3: Hi, the, the grand old party's running out of things to run on. Uh, you heard Mitt Romney say that uh, Trump's last uh, Trump card. I don't know if you've ever played Pinochle or Bridge, but they call it Trump card. His Trump card is, is the border. That's what he wants to run on, and that's what he's demanding from his Republican stooges in the House and Senate. But here's my point. Okay. If he's going, first of all, he got eight eight million dollars. He got he's got to come up with. He's got another two hundred fifty million. He's got to come up with in New York. His son-in-law got two billion from the Saudis. Unexplained. No plausible explanation. No plausible explanation from the Saudis. No plausible explanation from him. He never mentioned why. He's a slim landlord in Baltimore. Why would you give a slim landlord in Baltimore? Who probably it, put more people on the street than anybody in Chicago, and nobody's ever explained it. Now you're going to send him to the White House, right. where he would sell the Lincoln. He'd sell the Lincoln Memorial <laughs> for a couple. years. he'd sell anything, I mean, especially to get to make himself whole. Now, what? What? He'd sell. Uh, I not want. I can't even imagine how you could trust an individual. Who's in a hack for a half a billion dollars before he even enters the, the
1: White House? Oh, no kidding! Yeah, it's look. They already know on paper, documented that he took over almost eight million. Was it eight million dollars from the Chinese government on his properties?
3: Well, that's nothing compared to what he's going to have to do now because he's going to be sued. So look at Rudy Giuliani, 150 million. I mean, these people are being 250 people in jail. I mean, this guy is a disaster. He's a walking disaster. He really is. And as it, go, and it, go, as it goes on, uh, I, I think they, that's why they're so does really get Nikki Haley above, because they know this guy can't win under any circumstances. I, I don't care. If he thinks the the road decision is going to save him, he's nuts. Yeah, you got a busy show today. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thank Take
1: Thank you. Take it. care. Yeah. Uh, a listener points out that I didn't even mention uh, the fact that there was there's so much that happens constantly uh, in this bizarre world that we have to even talk about this mess of a former vice president of a former president. But there was a deal being made in regards to funding, whether it was for Ukraine and what we were doing, what's going on in the Middle East. And it included a a, a money to support what's going on and and reinforce our men and women who are trying to do their best down at the border, uh, whether it's trying to make sure that we are keeping track of where people are coming in, making sure that they're safe, whatever needs to be done, uh, adjudicating uh, the cases that are coming through for people who either are seeking asylum or need to have have their paperwork to come here. But very good point from the uh, 630. There was a deal in the works. But of course, Speaker Johnson talked to Trump and Trump does not want the Republicans to make a deal in regards to the border because scaring people about the border, having the kind of standoff we're having now with 25 governors signing out with Governor Abbott and saying, all these proud people are coming. Uh, and look, it is it is horrific what is happening. And we should no one should be. I, I wish that people didn't feel as though they needed to leave where they are because it's not safe. There is no hope. There is no future and it's dangerous. I wish that was not happening to them. And in many ways, we have destabilized so many parts of the world, including Latin America, We have had a hand in this. I don't know if uh, the fact that the Republicans keep saying our borders are open, our borders are open, that that isn't also something that is luring people to come here. And the fact is that, that President Biden, under his administration, we have deported more people in three years than President Trump did in his entire administration. That's just a fact. But now the House of Representatives does not want to negotiate because they don't want to help. President Biden look good in any way. Not, and there's no looking good at just getting something done. <sighs> Roosevelt, what's on your mind, my friend? Eddie, thank you for taking my call, Can my you come friend? closer Before to your phone? I Roosevelt, me. I feel like you're screaming across the room at me. What's happening?
4: <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Let me get you off the speaker. Here. I, okay, I'm back. You here.
1: know, how, you know how Jed was talking about the the, the wiring of the brain. Uh, I, I I am mindful of it, but I also know when I, I like certain sounds and the echo of <laughs> of a speakerphone makes me crazy. <laughs> What's up, Rose? Sorry about it's okay.
2: that. No, I, I'm I'm used to talking like that to my mom. That's why I got a bad habit. I guess.
1: Uh, let me talk to your mom. Let me uh, tell Patty, her. To tell you. you know, you know your mom. You talk to your don't talk to your mom on speakerphone. It's because you're doing other things when you're talking to your mom, aren't you?
2: Uh, you know what it is we're from the north of mexico we yell at each other we we're, we're similar <laughs> to
1: uh See? yeah we,
2: we you know my, my my wife always says my wife is uh uh, uh anglo saxon so uh she says why do you guys have to always yell i go we're very emotional very <laughs> yeah." but we don't uh you know we 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 don't disagree too much as far as our politics she's very much
1: uh we're just loud Democrat, is what you're
2: progressive yeah She's very smart, very smart. Um, now, I wanted to continue on what Jim said. Jim always hits everything right on point and analyzes everything. In my opinion, perfect. Let me add to what Jim said and what you guys are saying. It's, it's, you know, I was talking to my mom earlier today, and and I was telling her, I said, "Ma, you make a, She makes the mistake of constantly comparing the way things are right now to where you know, like in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And she goes, how did we get to this point? I go, we got to this point by out of people getting more freedoms when it comes down to a weapon. That gives them the, you know what I'm saying, that forte, that, that thing that you want to, you know, you, you're superior. And you, and, and it gives you a falsehood of being in control, these arms, that are AR-15s. And then I was telling my mind, you don't see this stuff happening in Japan and... Germany. Of course, there's killings like everywhere else, but not to the extreme that this is. So I said, just analyze the way things are versus what you're comparing it with. People had a lot more respect. I go, Daniel unleashed a guy that told them it was okay to be racist. It was okay to be physical with people. And you had examples of people getting out of control and thinking that they're better than other people. Therefore, you're supposed to insult them at a store. You're supposed to, you know, be feeling superior to them because of the color of your skin. You know, so I said, we got to this point by people constantly thinking that they're better, and with the aid and help of, you know, Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, all this contributed to these things. Also, you know, and I was thinking of Tom Hartman, and he made a good point. If you notice, the last Republican presidents I'm to start with Reagan. I'm going to start, I'm going to continue with Bush Jr. Uh-huh. All these elections... All well, these elections are basically stolen from the Democrats, and the Democrats, for the better of the country, didn't you know, have any investigations. Didn't, and I think that's part of the problem too. It gave them the upper hand to say, uh, "Well, you no, know, we are Republican. We uh, we're going to get to the to the presidency no matter what, and we're going to win." And so then you had Reagan, you had Bush Junior that stole the election from. From a a Democrat. Then you had Trump stealing the election with the aid of Russia. And you have all these absurd ways of winning from the Republican Party to the point that it's so ridiculous that now we're waiting for courts to decide whether a guy that doesn't hold any Public office has immunity. It's ridiculous. We've become the t- theater of the absurd, in my opinion. I mean, it's ridiculous. And possibly we could have a guy in jail that is running the country from jail. is it It's crazy? ridiculous.
1: I know. Even yeah. even, even the and thought then, that that's a possibility just it gives me the whims. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. And then for years, I tell my
2: mom, "Watch this." I tell my mom, "You've always looked down at." Banana country, Central America, South America. For years, for years, we're superior. We're number one. We're number one. We're number one. Well, guess what? We were number one in COVID while he was there. Guess what? We're number one in uh, looking like Germany when Germany had uh, Hitler. We're, we're heading in that direction if this guy wins. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. To me, it's, if it was a movie, nobody would watch it because it would say they would say, well, this is ridiculous. This can never happen in real life. And that's that's part of the problem. It becomes so absurd and ridiculous that our Constitution, it, yeah, it's holding on. But look how, 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 by a thin thread, a string, it's holding on because the Constitution should be better than this. People should be accountable for their crimes. This guy yes. should, not, should not be loose. That's to Jim's point, this guy should not be loose. He should have been already in jail. But because he's white, because he's rich, and because he has power and connections, you mentioned you just now. You just mentioned the Republican Party. There is no Republican Party. No. If this doesn't tell you, if this doesn't tell you it's a cult, I don't know what does. That's your gr-
1: point. I agree with you. No, and the, look, the Republicans have not won the popular vote in a presidential election since George W. Bush. That's it. And, you know, the popular vote in, to, in with uh, Gore v. Bush, also, as you mentioned, not thoroughly investigated. But we it's the thing is you're right. We don't we don't threaten. We don't have mobs. I mean, we protest and it's just unimaginable to me that we are in the situation. And still, you know, part of it is the Electoral College. That's a big part of it. But in the in the in, at the end of the day, uh, we have been building. We have uh, shown people who Republicans are, they show themselves uh, by Trump taking credit for overturning Roe v. Wade that, you know, that's all because of me. Well, I I think we need to keep building on the momentum of pushing back and taking the high. I know that taking the higher ground is is not easy, uh, but it seems to be, at least for the most part, uh, having an effect in a lot of parts of the country, uh, even if it's 25 Republican governors who would want to apparently secede from the country uh good luck with that because i believe they're already they're already threatening uh withholding federal funding to texas so that can go that can go in all different directions and, uh,
2: you know I, i'm glad you mentioned texas i know you got to go probably i
1: do i have i have a we have an a interview with a, a judge coming up so i do have to run because we don't have a lot of time today but go ahead and make your point 30 seconds okay I,
2: well i don't need that much uh but look Governor of Texas, look what he did with those people. How cruel, the cruelty of it all, yep. to put barrels with with wire. I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's like I said, it's absurd. It's, it's Jim makes a lot of points. I bring up Jim a lot because he's right on point. I mean, we don't care about people's lives because they're a different color. Are you kidding me? We don't care about children. You know, you mentioned yesterday, the day before yesterday, you know, under uh, Abbott. A kid die or a couple of kids die. Yeah,
1: People two children. Don't care. In their yeah, they, they don't, don't care. care. They don't care. And we right, do. Have a great night, Roosevelt. Have a great weekend. We'll talk Thank to you, you next week. Have a good weekend, my you friend. Too. Hey, you too. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk to Judge Jesse De Reyes, who's running for Supreme Court of Illinois. More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. Hey, this is Patty Vasquez. I'm a busy mom, and I do everything I can to keep my family safe. But no matter how careful I am, accidents happen. Like that driver who rear-ended me at Milwaukee and Foster. Once I made sure everyone was okay and it was safe for me to get out of my vehicle, I got the other driver's info and I called my car guy, Warren Price, at European and U.S. Collision Repair Center. He helped me navigate the insurance claims and his expert technicians made my car look brand new. Warren has been serving the community with European U.S. Collision Repair Center, a division of Technocraft at 4080 North Broadway, for 40 years and he's been my car guy for over a decade i trust him with my family safety so check him out at europeanus.com or call 773-248-1200 that's 773-248-1200 so we can all keep driving at home safely together
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Baskin on WCPT 820.
1: We often talk about how important it is to make sure you know who is on your ballot. And some of the most important positions on your ballot are for judges. And the most important court in the state of Illinois, of course, is the Supreme Court. We are thrilled to welcome in studio our friend... Judge Jesse Reyes joins us. Hey, Judge, how you doing? Good, good. Thank you, Patty. Thank you for having me on your program. I, I really enjoy it. I uh, I have campaigned with you. Uh, remember, we were out right. in front of the uh, 16th district when the world was closing. So yes. that was that was insane, Your yes. Honor. Uh, but we were out there shaking hands, still not quite sure what was happening. Right. And uh, it was it was an you have so much energy. Oh, thank uh, You're you. so passionate about what you do. So I want to know more about you, so our listeners know more about sure. you. Sure. Yeah. So tell me, where'd you grow up? So
5: I grew up in the Pilsen uh, Bridgeport neighborhood uh you know Pilsen back in the day when it was known as the hood you know and uh uh so I came from a blue collar family um blue collar union family you know uh, blue collar neighborhood my father was an immigrant uh and so you know I always uh, wanted to be a lawyer. That was my dream. And so when I got to where I wanted to be, you know, I made a promise that I was going to always give back to the community and try to, you know, to help out the community, not only the Latino community but all communities. Because sure. you know, there's a lot of young people out there that are having dreams, right? And they want to get to certain goals in their lives. And I think it's important for us to reach back to that next generation and to help them up and make sure that they're, they're able to do what they're they what they what they want to do. And so that's one of the reasons why I always keep going back out into the community, talking to the young people, going to the schools, you know, going to the universities uh, and talking to the young lawyers and everyone else, because I think it's important to say, you know, I came from humble beginnings. And, and look where I'm at, and you could do the same. And, you know, why not you? That's one of the questions I always ask the students is, why not you?
1: Well, my mom is probably listening right now going, I wish you had talked to my daughter. She yeah. wanted me to be a lawyer. <laughs> I, I think it was something I had I had considered. I was a history major with the intent of going to law school. What what was it that drew you to the profession of law?
5: Well, you know, I was always a student of history, and number one, one of the things that I always kind of, uh, I appreciated is reading about Abraham Lincoln and, you know, how he represented you know, he represented the, the wealthy but he also represented the poor and you know, his goal was, you know, uh, he was there to speak for those who couldn't speak for themselves uh-huh. and unfortunately, you know, growing up also I saw a lot of uh, uh, inequities in, in the community and, and that people were going through and I just thought to myself, you know, if I could help in some way, you know, uh, you know, then I've done what I wanted to do in life. You know? I,
1: where did you go to high school?
5: I went to Kelly High School.
1: Oh, you did? You
5: went yeah, to Kelly, alright. Yeah, 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 so it's over on uh, 42nd and uh, California. Did you yeah. play any
1: sports? What yeah, was, I played football. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well so I, was,
5: I was a running back. Yeah. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. All right. Yeah, I wasn't the fastest, but I did my job. <laughs> yeah, well, the, half
1: the battle is catching the ball, so you've got to be good yeah, at that yeah, as well. Yeah. That's fantastic. And yeah. where did you go uh, for undergrad?
5: I went to the University of Illinois at Chicago. The
1: Chicago, UIC. Yeah. All right. Yeah, UIC. Great UIC. campus for so many reasons. And then
5: law school, uh, John Marshall Law School, which is now UIC Law. Okay. And one of the reasons why I decided to go to those various uh, institutions of learning is because I had to work while I was going through school. Um, you know, I started out uh, working in factories, you know, doing whatever I could in terms of blue collar jobs. You know, at the age of, uh, uh, you know, 17, I already knew how to drive a forklift because I was working in some places where it required you to drive a forklift. Um, so, you know, I did a little bit of everything because, you know, uh, as, as you're coming up uh, and you don't have anybody in front of you or anybody helping you out, and you have to take whatever you can. Yeah. And so I had to work while I was going to school. Down um, in college, uh, in my junior year, I happened to be. I was um, a member of the Student Senate, and I happened to see the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin. I'm looking through there, and I see a, a notice for uh, someone to uh, to work in the mailroom at this large uh, firm. Uh, so I went in there for, for the interview, and the, the, the woman who was interviewing me, uh, I guess in her mind she thought, you know, you're not mailroom material. Uh, so she introduced me to the librarian in the law firm, and then I started working in the library.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. It's one of those moments where you take— oh, yeah. you, you you see an opportunity and you follow through on it. Yeah, it's just yeah. little moments. I yeah, love yeah. that.
5: And in fact, what she did after she told me where I was going to work, she took me into the mailroom and she goes, "Where do you want to work in the mailroom? Or do you want to work in the library?" I, said, I think I want to work in the library.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what kind of law did you set out to
5: practice? Well, I started out working in a firm doing plaintiffs, uh, personal injury, and uh, workers' compensation, and I did that for um, you know for a while. Um, the reason I left was because I wanted to get some trial experience. Uh, you know, we we did very well for our Clients and you know, I always worked really hard for my clients, particularly you know a lot of those people that I kind of identified with the uh, the fathers of uh, of my friends when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them worked in union places, some of them didn't, and uh, you know you could you could see that you know it was hard on those people that didn't work in union shops. So, but uh, so I did that, and then when I realized I wasn't going to get the trials I wanted, you know, I wanted to be the next Clarence Darrow. Um, I applied for a position uh, at the city of Chicago and. Uh, I had the great fortune of uh, starting to work in the city of Chicago in the law department when Harold Washington was the, wow. was, the was the mayor. In fact, come uh, on, no, really? Yeah. In fact, you what, don't look old
1: enough to have been a, a lawyer oh, in the Harold you. Washington yeah, administration.
5: Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I you know when I was a law student, I worked on, on his campaign. You know, trying to help out, you know, out you know, passing here. out flyers. That was and a stuff. crazy race. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Your yeah, Honor, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: pff, I I grew up here, so you know it was crazy up right,
5: here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, so I worked there, and I was only going to stay there for a short amount of time, but you know um, they uh, placed me into this special litigation division where we handled uh, cases where there was a liability of a million dollars or more, uh-huh. and so so yeah, I was always getting these interesting uh, trials, so I stayed a little bit longer than I thought, but then uh, I got the opportunity to work at the board of education and then I enjoyed that because I was uh, working in the policy and reform area, and there was a lot of things that needed to to be uh, um, you know, set straight. And one of them that I'm very proud of is that I was very instrumental in, in setting up the expulsion hearing process. Before that, uh, it was basically left to the principal of the various schools to make a determination whether you're going to have a student expelled or not. And the other problem was there was no uniformity. You know, so one school's principal would do it one way, and another would do it another way. So, so you know, uh, so I set it up, and, and uh, along with some of my colleagues in the office, we established the uh, the, the process. And it basically is like a mini trial. You know, the principal's there, and whoever else is uh, uh, wanting to be there on behalf of the school. The student who is alleged to have committed an offense is there, and they can bring in witnesses as well. And then we have an independent hearing officer who usually was a, a, a lawyer uh, that didn't work for the Board of Education. Then the hearing would take place, and then a determination would be made by the hearing officer. Uh, and but then and there, the hearing officer would then submit uh, his or her. Uh, uh, recommendations to the board and then the board would make that uh, final determination whether the student's going to be expelled or not. And I thought it was important to have that because, you know, coming from where I came, I saw a lot of people that unfortunately, you know, were in the circumstances where they didn't have a voice, right, or they didn't know how to speak uh, with regards to legal matters. And at least this way with these young people, they had an opportunity to be able to be heard, Mm -hmm. present their case and, because, you know, it's 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 a scar for the rest of your life if you you get expelled sure. from a school. So we wanted to make sure that we may had a just process of doing it.
1: And wouldn't you say, because I I went to a school that uh, de, that uh, desegregated in the 70s. So Onahan had a lot of uh, a lot of growing pains. Right. And so there was a lot of, I mean, you know, unfortunately, uh, there were, again, there was a lot of uh, contentious sure. uh, energy. Let's put it that way in school. Right. So if it's up to the principal, I mean, like that could have a lot of bias in it, too, I would yes. think.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought that's why Doing it this way with this process, um, it, it's it's fair. Yeah. Uh, there's you know there's biases. Sometimes there's explicit bias. There's sometimes there's an implicit bias. Right. right? And so that would at least take that out of the equation. Uh, well, thank you and, for that. I yeah, think no, on behalf of parents my, and CPS. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah my, my pleasure. And it's still in existence. Yeah. I mean they've they've tweaked it some more, but yeah, that process is still in existence. Yeah.
1: So from uh, from City Hall, uh, where where'd you go after uh, working for the I mean Chicago Board of Education?
5: Then then I had the opportunity to. uh, become an associate judge Mm -hmm. Um, and so for your listeners so they know there's a a distinction between associate judges, circuit court judges, and and, then on the appellate court uh, we're referred to as justices as well as on the Supreme Court they're referred to as justices. I apologize, justice. No, 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 it's quite right. right. (laughs) Just don't call me late for dinner. Fair enough, fair
1: enough. (laughs) So I I
5: started out as an associate judge and the first thing that I did once I got sworn in as a judge I went to uh, the chief judge and Uh, supervising judge, and I said, if anybody dies, retires, calls in sick, uh, or goes on vacation, you need somebody to fill in, I'm your person. And they took me up at that, and for the first few years, uh, I had my robe in the trunk because I didn't know where I was going from one place to the other.
1: That's amazing. I have to say, uh, it sounds as though, from the judges I've talked to and justices, everyone seems to be very uh, enthusiastic about the work they do in a courtroom. Sure. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that.
5: It, it's uh, I'm very honored to mm-hmm. be able to sit in, in a courtroom. I've always felt that it's the people's courtroom, and to serve the people in that capacity is is a great honor for me uh, and and a, and a privilege. Uh, and the way I've always looked at cases is, you know, you have the parties. You know, the, if it's a civil case, you have the plaintiff and the defendant. If it's a criminal case, you got the state and, and the defendant. Um, but for me, there's always another uh, in, invisible party, and that's society. And 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 I've always kind of taken my decisions in terms of, uh, you know, I have to decide a case on behalf of the parties, but then also how is society going to benefit? Because in many cases, what decisions we make affects society. Uh, So you want to make sure that, you know, that component is taken care of as, as well.
1: I, uh, as I mentioned, I, because I ran for office, I I got to know people who were also running. You and I were in front of a uh, sixteen to, and, and other inve- right. events, endorsement sessions, and things like that. I, I went to several endorsement sessions, and I got to meet a lot of people who are now judges: uh, mm-hmm. Mayor, Judge Mayor Dempsey, uh, Judge Mike Weaver, uh Bindari, Judge Bandari. Uh, yes. A lot, of, a lot of great folks who uh, I'm proud to know. And again, like I said, they're and very they're enthusiastic. All very good they're all, yeah. I, well, I, I I trust you on that. <laughs> and I and I talk to them occasionally about our our justice system because we're at a point where this is historic, what is going on, and right. in part because of the way appointments were done federally, at the federal level, right. over the last 10 years, in particular uh, under the Trump administration. We're all kind right. of seeing it, and it reminds us how important it is to pay attention to the names on our ballot like yours. Sure. And in part, one of the things for, for me that I'm very proud of is uh, knowing you, and knowing it as one of the Latinos uh, who has been standing up, not just for your community, but also as as a legal mind who is fighting for, for people's rights. Uh, what, you know, it, it, it I, I, I'm still surprised that we have not, you would be the very first Latino yes. on our Supreme court.
5: Yes. Yes. Yeah. We've never had a Latino on the Illinois Supreme court. And, uh, on March 19th, uh, through the grace of the voters, I'll be the first Latino on uh, Illinois Supreme court.
1: That's wild. Yeah. yeah. How does your family think about it? what, what, I mean, were your parents able to see you become a judge?
5: Yes uh um my both of my parents were able to see me to become a judge oh. uh unfortunately my, my father didn't get to see me to become a justice on the, on the appellate court uh, but my mother did oh. and uh you know they uh, neither one of them finished high school neither one of them attended high school so you know uh, I know when, when I got accepted to go to to college uh, my my father at first uh, said oh, you're not going to go to college I'm not going to pay for that cuz his his view sure. of college was what he saw in the movies you know animal house you know uh, <laughs> oh, you see uh, no. you know, John Belushi running around help. in a toga, and I says, "No, it's not like that. It's not like that." Oh um, boy! So, and and that was part of the reason, and they didn't have the means sure. uh, to help me uh, to get through school. So I, that's why I had to, you know, to work. Uh, and uh, uh, but you know, they got to see me graduate from from uh, from college. Uh, they got me see see me to graduate from law school, and they were very proud of that fact. Yes. You know, you know. Let
1: me take a quick break here. We'll talk about the role of the Supreme Court and uh, and what you envision, uh, sure. and, and as you run with the conversations you're having with people and what we need to understand about our court system more in a moment with justice jesse reyes who's uh, running to be on our supreme court currently in the appellate court and i will continue our conversation when we come back on wcpt 820 heartland signal
0: you're listening to driving it home with patty baskins on wcpt 820
1: We are in studio with Justice Jesse Reyes, who's on the appellate court, now running for the Supreme Court. And one of the things I was asking him off the air is, uh, well, one, let's let's, first let's talk about the importance of our Supreme Court, because we're seeing uh, how it can have an impact on states that have, you know, had to make, let's say, let's use Wisconsin as an example. Uh, Their Supreme Court decided very heavily gerrymandered uh, maps for years, and now they have an opportunity to give more voice to people. I mean, that's that's part, as you mentioned, uh, you know, giving people a voice. Right. Uh, and, and you mentioned Abraham Lincoln, who right. I also am a big fan. Uh, I mean, really, I, I, mean, I think about him a lot lately. And you're right. I mean, he would ride across. I mean, he would ride on his horse from town to town helping people who wouldn't otherwise have right. a lawyer. And, uh, and and it is incredible to think of that where we've come since then. And now, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the role of the Supreme Court, the kinds of decisions that they have made or what might be looming and how important it is, uh, of course, to have somebody who, with your kind of perspective. Sure.
5: And, and before I do it, if I could just give a shout out to you you know, my wife, because she's been very supportive of my family and my daughter. They've been very supportive of uh, my efforts to to get where I'm at today. So I just wanted to kind of give them a shout out, you know. Absolutely. But, um you're right. The, right now, Illinois is an island. Um, you know, we have um, a lot of rights that are protected, uh, and I think it's important uh, to realize that when you go to the polling place, you got to vote for the judges. You have to be informed about who the, the candidates are, of course. But you know, the, a lot of times I know that because they're at the end of the ballot, uh, people just are like, oh, it's at the end of the ballot, forget it. Right? But no, that's. I important. wish you guys
1: were the top because you, you are most likely to have an impact. You and our local electeds. Right. Right. I mean, yes. It was absolutely. Yes. You're, you're
5: absolutely right, and that's what people have to realize that those are very key, important uh, positions. Uh, but uh, getting to your question about the uh, Illinois Supreme Court, so the Illinois Supreme Court hears cases. Uh, they they decide which cases they get to 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 hear. Uh, most of them are dealing with uh, issues, constitutional issues. Uh, but sometimes if there's a difference of opinion between, let's say the the appellate court in Mount Vernon and the appellate court in Chicago they'll jump in and they'll maybe resolve those uh, those differences. But also the the Illinois Supreme Court is the one that uh, promulgates the rules and regulations that we all have to live with, not just lawyers, but with, with people as well. Um, and so that's important to keep in mind because these rules, you have to want to make sure that they're the type of rules that encompasses, you know, uh, all communities, uh, and I think it's, it's important. Now, the current court ha- has done a lot. In that regard, uh, but I think that it could it could do better, and that's why I'm running because I want to help the the court uh, do better in many regards. Uh, I've always been a proponent and an active uh, uh, participant in terms of creating access for justice. Uh, one of the things that I noticed when I was in traffic court was that there were some people who did not speak English very well or didn't speak any English at all, and not just uh, Latinos. Uh, there was right. poles and others that that, that had uh, language difficulties, and it it was. Apparent that they didn't really understand the process and what was going on, and so um, I, along with some others uh, well, in the Circuit Court of county County, uh, put together an informational DVDs in those languages to inform these people. You know, particularly with regards to DUIs. You know, don't drive and drink, of course, but then you know, if you do, this is the process. These are your rights, and these are the consequences. Also, a lot of people don't realize it's very expensive, and so you know, they they have to be aware of what their Rights are, and so we provided that. And the Secretary of State was a, uh, at that time uh, was very um, supportive of this effort. He helped uh, distribute these DVDs th- throughout the uh, throughout the state, and some of the. the uh, ethnic television uh, stations also ran the DVDs to, so to inform the, uh, the public. Such a uh, smart idea. Yeah, and because I think it's it's important that when you go into the courtroom, you know what your rights are. Um, one of the other things that I did was when I was in uh, foreclosure court in the Chancery Division's foreclosure mechanics lien section. Um, the statute was very specific as to what the lender was supposed to bring to court. People that were working class people were not sophisticated in the sense of knowing, you know, uh, commercial litigation. They weren't sophisticated in terms of what the the, the, the statute really said. And, and so I thought what was important is to make sure that... The lenders did comply with every single aspect of the statute, and so I developed a program where we made the playing field even and gave both sides an opportunity to be fairly heard and in the process to be fairly conducted in the courtrooms. Because again, I thought it was important for the people to be able to feel comfortable in their courtroom and know what their you know their rights are. In um, an example with the appellate court, um, you know I was the chair of the executive committee and one of the Things that uh, we did is we we changed our rules, some of our rules, to make the the uh, the process in terms of how appeals pro- go through the appellate court uh, more efficient. Um, and then you know, lastly, uh, wh- one of the things that I'm very proud of that we we did in the appellate court was the when the const- when the. Supreme Court found the uh, uh, Safety Act, uh, the Pretrial F- uh, Fairness uh, uh, Act, uh, constitutional. Uh, I was able to bring all the stakeholders together, the state's attorneys, the public defenders, the court reporters, and the uh, uh, the clerk's office, and all the presiding judges in Cook County um, together, and to start talking about, okay, how are we going to conduct this? You know, what's the process? We had forms we had to work with that the Supreme Court said, you know, these are the forms we want you to use. And we made recommendations to the court. Some of them were very important recommendations uh, to make sure that the process was was uh, uh, was smooth and efficient and and done properly. And, and the Supreme Court accepted those uh, those recommendations. We did this before it started because I thought you know if we do this now we you know we we, uh, uh, we try to create this. Process to be a little more efficient before it starts. Then that hopefully that will um, ensure that the process will be and and it's working. Um, you know, there's still some glitches here and there, but overall, uh, the process in Cook County is working. Um, you know, well, um, you know, for your listeners to also realize is that outside of Cook, everybody else is handling uh, these matters with regards to the bond hearings differently. Uh, so, you know, in Cook County, uh, we basically almost treat them like uh, if there's a, an issue and you want to file an appeal, it's almost done like a motion and then it's presented to the appellate court and then the appellate court takes a consideration and they make a decision one way or the other.
1: Is there uh, is there a website where people can learn more about your campaign? Sure, about, yeah, uh, it's
5: uh, uh, justice uh, reyes.
1: And do you have any events coming up that people yes. should know about? Yeah, okay, yeah. Great.
5: Well, I can't really talk about that, but uh, you can't. But can I? If I go if yeah, to the website,
1: okay, gotcha. Yeah, go I understand. On the website, and it's a little you'll different when them. judges uh, and justices run for office. Right. It's yeah. just a weird. It's this weird thing that we elect, and yet they can't campaign campaign right. the same way. So right. I will. Uh, I'll get that information out. Yeah, for folks in my own you
5: know, we can't talk about. How you, pe- yeah, things, yeah, yeah. how you would vote? Yeah, you would vote? And how- I don't think people would want us to because, no. No. you know, every case is different. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a living, breathing uh, thing, and uh, you know they are they're all different. So to have someone that we're already a right. preconceived notion about how you're going to rule on a certain topic. Who, who would that be like? I don't know. I'm just saying. We don't have to get into it. (laughs) Let
1: me ask you uh, our final question. Uh, What do you do to relax? Do you you read books? Do you uh, watch movies? Yeah. yeah. What's what's the most recent um, book you might have read? The the most
5: recent book that I read actually had to do with regards to um, some Marines and Army officers that were during World War II. It's called the Mosquito Bowl. And it was— one of the football games that took place um, during uh, uh, um, um, you know the the conflict in, in in the islands in the Pacific Islands in World War Two, and uh, it's quite interesting. It's, it's pretty interesting, you know. A lot of people don't realize there was a lot of professional football players. There were a lot of college stars, and so they they it basically was they created like a mud bowl and they were playing That's in. That's great. In, yeah. uh, I haven't finished the book, but I uh, but you know as I'm going through it, I know that some for uh, the uh, individuals that are named in the book did not make it through the right, war. Right. So that's kind of sad. But uh, yeah, I found I oh. find that uh, book's pretty interesting. I yeah.
1: want well, to get you more book recommendations. Mosquito Bowl. i have yeah. to look for that one. Well, thank you so much. And I would like to invite you back before the end of this uh, campaign season. Sure. I
5: would love uh, to be back. Thank before,
1: you. And when is the election again? March 19th. March 19th. Yes. And do you have a punch number? Not yet. Not
5: yet. No punch number yet. Not yet. Interesting. I know. All it right. Is that's interesting. That's, that's weird. Yeah. yeah, because early voting starting uh, February yeah. 15th. All right. mail-in ballots, I think, start uh, February eighth.
1: All right, we'll come back in a few weeks so we can okay. uh, find out your punch number and uh, remind people of what you're running and why you're running. Yeah. And uh, again, it's, it's uh, Justice Jesse Reyes will be on your ballot in Illinois, and uh, it's the entire state of Illinois. No, just have, Cook County. What?
5: Yes. All oh, different County. districts. Right. So right. So just my yeah. Cook County friends. All yes. right.
1: So all my friends in DuPage. You, you got another thing going on. So <laughs> Cook County. Uh, if you live in Cook County, Justice J- Jesse Reyes will be on your ballot for the Supreme Court. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Oh, have thank a wonderful you for weekend. Me. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Be well. Appreciate it. All Let's right. take a break here. We'll come back with Scott. Scott Stant is at the top of the hour on WCPT 20 Heartland Signal. If you want to call 773
0: 763 9278. Get home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases. The bullshit you to wear masks says. And politicians getting caught grabbing asses says. She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez.
1: Joining us on the line, uh, Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, and uh, we're thrilled to have him on the air with us. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very well. You are not in your office. You are not in your writing room. What is? That? Where, where are you? No, I'm in my. I am in my home. My um, daughter-in-law
6: and my grandson are staying with us, so they are in the room next to me, and he may may or may not be sleeping. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, but this this show gets loud sometimes.
1: We a little ruckus, a little crazy. <laughs> a little bit, I, a little bit. I, So this is actually our
6: guest room downstairs. This is where you would stay when you decide to show up.
1: Let me see. Can, I, can we get a little artwork in there? Sorry, everybody. I'm, uh, Scott and I are zooming uh, our call, which is not on the air, but we're going to figure out that some, at some point uh, how to do someday. it. But uh, it looks like, a, it, looks like it, it looks like a holding cell.
6: I know, but what's funny is the wall I'm looking at has.
1: This bookshelves and art. Okay, so and it's nice.
6: The rest of the room is like bereft
1: of yes. Well, it, anything. It's, it's taupe as well. It looks like it's taupe yes. and gray. Okay, it is. I'll, I'll, br- I'll bring fan. some. I'll bring and some uh, some Mexican and Irish decorations to jazz it up a little Ooh, bit. That'd yeah. actually be great. I know, right? <laughs> Scott (laughs) It's so good to talk to you I feel like It's just I miss talking to you We need to make sure It's every week I just have to figure that out Sometimes Well well, sometimes I like to schedule Because I I don't want to do Half an hour with you But maybe I'll have to That's what happens I'm like Oh I don't have long enough For Scott Oh you have a judge on I know Right Justice I called him judge A couple times And then I was like Oh he's a justice it's different. Yeah. No, I, he, that, he's an impressive guy. He is. He is. Uh, and I was about to ask you, should I tell the audience what I was just telling you before we got on the air? I don't, that's not impressive. We're going, yes. I mean, we're. I, is it, look, maybe, yeah. maybe towards the end of the show. Let's let's put a delineation between an important conversation with a possible future justice of our Supreme Court and uh, what I found in my crawlspace. That sounds weird. Let's. It, well, uh, oh God! Is yeah. that, that metaphor. Old, fat, uh, old stick around, kids. Uh, You'll yeah. find out. Old photos from my from my twenties. Uh, Scott, uh, before we, uh, I don't know. Dave from Hoffman Estates has a phone call, and I don't know where this is going. Let's see. Let's see if Dave wants to walk us through the story he read, and uh, I guess see what we think. Dave in Hoffman Estates, you are on with me and Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. Hey,
7: buddy. Hey, Scott. Hey. Yeah. Like when you had that story in Wisconsin, that time with that young man that got killed at the sawmill.
1: Yeah, let me let me. So let me set this up a little bit. Uh, So, Scott, you know that across the country, there are uh, Republican conservative legislatures that are uh, really not just whittling away, but chiseling away and taking a jackhammer to child labor laws in Indiana. They have introduced. I know Uh, in Indiana. Seriously, I've been on your show for years. If you had said this
6: five years ago, you and I would have been laughing. Just, this is crazy. <laughs> that
1: can't be true. I know. Go I know. So in uh, in Iowa, where the minimum wage is only $7.25, they are lowering the age so that kids can work in meatpacking plants. In uh, Indiana, they are uh, requiring only up to eighth grade education so that kids can go work on, on commercial uh, farms. And, and the story that Dave is alluding to, in Wisconsin, uh, kids in high school can work at sawmills. And one young man, a football player, was killed uh, in a sawmill accident. So Dave 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 has another story about uh, another uh, situation that's come up. Dave, do we know where this uh, this story is out of?
7: Yes, it's out of uh, Washington State. But this one is a case where this happened during the summer, you know, of 2023, and this teen was in a work-based learning program, a program intended to help students earn credit and work experience outside the classroom. And he was at this job site there, He was operating a trencher to dig a channel for fence posts when he was dragged underneath, resulting in injuries that required his legs to be amputated. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and uh, according to state officials, Washington's youth employment laws identify prohibited duties for... Workers under 18 years old, and while this company rots, had a student learner exemption permitting minors to do some work. Typically prohibited, the use of the lock behind trencher was not part of the exemption, and it yeah. shouldn't. Like they say, it should not have happened, and this young man's life ain't going to be the same. No, and no, that, and, no. And, and just, that company, yeah. they were fined only a hundred fifty thousand dollars, or you know,
1: to destroy a young person's right now. life. Yeah.
7: Yeah, you know, then the young man, you know, he got no legs no more now. Cause, uh, and they said that these employers with young workers should look after the children, our children as they would their own. When they fail to keep a young worker safe, it's a violation of the community trust. Yeah. And and the state claims that the violation is considered willful because Roth, she knew or should have known about the requirements and... They're facing some further investigation that could lead to more additional fines. But, uh, but the damage anyway, is done. Yeah. That, yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. Um,
7: yeah. Thank so you. So what?
6: What's, well, let me throw something out there. What are, What are the arguments for?
1: Thanks, Dave.
8: Yeah, thank honey. you, David. Uh, f-
6: for, re, for what, what's the argument for ratcheting back well, there's, the child labor laws?
1: Well, there's some there's it depends like one legislator and I would and I, I have pull up the audio. But one legislator, I think it was this one's in Florida, was saying how valuable it is to teach uh, children the work ethic that when he was a kid, he and look, I work, too. And to, to, to yeah, I know a work ethic at 12. Sorry. Yeah. Get out there and start, you know, in, in Wisconsin, they are lowering the age at which kids can bartend. So they're slinging drinks in adult environments. These are people who don't want kids at drag queen shows, right? And so, but you put kids <laughs> in adult toxic situations. And they're surrounded by adults. Look, we've talked about uh, in the past about when I worked at North Avenue Beach. And, you know, I was 16 years old. We were trained like first responders. We 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 were we trained for months. They, by the way, they are now paying for training. They're going to pay uh, kids or whoever trains for $475 just for the training. The thing was that they used to pay enough where it was worth getting the training for free because we were making double what the minimum wage was. And if you did that now, you would have to pay lifeguards $30 an hour. Which I think the fact that we, I mean, at least pay them $22 an hour out, out the gate. But Back to what I was—the point I was making about being 16 or 17 years old in a very adult environment, sexualized environment, because we're all in our bathing suits. The guys are looking at girls who are 16, 17, and this was a problem in 1989, and it was a problem just a few years ago when the park district just decided to ignore all this. But you have kids around adults in situations where there isn't any understanding of a developing brain, of a developing body. Uh, and then we're t- and in. Sometimes when kids are putting their lives in danger, jumping in the water to save somebody else, that's one thing. But putting a kid in a sawmill, in a bar, in a meatpacking plant, in a, in a you know, all these places uh, is absolutely unconscionable to me. The Republicans are not pro-life. They don't believe in the safety and protection for kids. They're they are groomers. No, I mean,
6: there's a reason there's a reason that those laws are on the books, not, not, and you
1: can because unions fought for them.
6: <laughs> well, that was part. I think unions are part, but this common sense, made you know, fought for them. You shouldn't have a 12 year old working a wheat thresher. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just it's just from a practical standpoint.
1: Now, you and I, I think you started working at 15, right? 15, 16, 14. I did. That was 14, yeah. But that was by my by choice. That possible uh, under the table. I mean, that's the thing. Do these, people know how to, do these people not know how to go under the table? What's wrong with everybody? You don't need laws. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> I used to clean when I was a freshman in high school. I cleaned uh, nail salon equipment like the, the I think I told oh. this before the pedicure. It was yeah, gross. It was so disgusting. I only oh, made horrible. It was awful. I made two dollars and seventy five cents an hour. But minimum wage was three thirty five. So it ended up being uh, about the same because no taxes were taken out because I just got paid cash. I got paid cash uh, a lot. Just saying.
8: Yeah, My yeah.
6: first job um, was, I mean, I did stuff like that, morning lawns and stuff. But my first real job, I was 15 years old, and I was a dishwasher at a, at a, a country club, and which is insane. It's absolutely insane because, like I, I might not have mentioned this before, um, we had to work until the dishes were done. All the dishes had to be done before you could leave. Um, well, and so, you know, this is a country club, so they had parties and stuff that lasted. Pretty long. I would get off work at 1.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. Old.
1: Yeah, no. And then you go to school the next day? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
6: Now, 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 the second part of that equation, and I know many of your listeners may be asking this, where were your parents? And I'm pretty convinced that my parents thought I was so stupid that this was probably, you know, a really, this is the best he's going to do. He's peaking right now. <laughs> this, is, this is it. So just let him do it. But in Madison, Wisconsin, the buses stopped running at midnight. So I walked home, which was about yeah. six and a half miles away. I know it sounds like oh when I was a kid it was snowing. Yeah, this, okay, there's another, This goes into another story about a uh, girlfriend and just her father. So no okay there's a blizzard <laughs> kicks in. I mean really like a full font. Well we all know what blizzards are. And so my girlfriend lived very close to the country club, so I went to stay there and just you know crash there until the snow ended. So we're there and we decide to start. We hear someone coming down the stairs, so we say let's pretend we're making out. And it was her Dad who had one more response leave i'm just but sir it's leave <laughs> but sir it's leave so i literally walked wow. home six miles in a blizzard oh my god scott and when i told my parents the next morning my dad's like well sir you're right
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> god like, okay. <laughs> wow
6: so yeah. that's why those laws are in place because of this taxes family well, mainly.
1: Well, and, and again, in my, what I was saying before about being a lifeguard, you know, one of the reasons the laws are in place too is that we should be mindful of making sure that kids are uh, yeah. in, in spaces that are safe, both physically, emotionally, all those things. And instead, you know, for decades, the lifeguard service in Chicago had girls in very uh, vulnerable positions, often the targets of sexual harassment and abuse. And and if you're working in a bar, like, I mean, when I was was working at a bar in my 20s. I remember bending over for something at Grizzly's Lodge and this guy's like, hey, while you're down there, toots, you know, like, basically making oral gratification jokes. And they would do the same thing to a 16-year-old. How are Republicans so not saying, groomers? I'm just wondering.
6: I, I, hey, well, we have, we have Congressman Getz.
4: Yeah, that's fair enough. Chief, did you, right? did I mean, you see is... when
1: he was at a press conference and someone said, what's the youngest schoolgirl you ever dated? <laughs> and he had him thrown out. <laughs> I am loving these disruptors at some of these rallies and press conferences. I really The one I'm woman shocked that he didn't answer it. I know, right? Oh, come on. Everyone started booing. Uh, or the uh, – Peter Navarro. Have you seen – is it Peter Navarro? Navarro. Uh, after he was sentenced, there's this girl, this woman that uh, – I think they call her the anarchist, but she stands behind him blowing a whistle and holding a sign and says Navarro belongs in jail. Uh, just <laughs> – <laughs> This fun. Sorry, no. this is very fun. Anyway, yes, but no, yes. it's true. Yes, you're right. We have we we have people in office who don't care about the safety of children as it is, but they're so pro life. But the babies, but the babies. Sorry, sorry, Scotty. No, I'm, well, mocking, I'm, kind of, I'm Listen, mocking you a little no. bit. Sorry.
6: No, no, no. Please, uh, I would say go on and talk about. I live here in Alabama now, and uh, we just suffocated a man to death for a crime he committed thirty years ago. That was you crime. guys, no doubt. Yes, um, it was um, literally because they can't find anybody. This is where the labor shortage – thanks a lot, Obama. Uh, I want my country back. So they can't find people who will actually perform um, the – you know the uh, Execution, yeah. And they've screwed up so many of them here in Alabama that they're saying, well, we're, we're getting it right this time. So they literally um, – I don't know. I mean, This is uncomfortable. So just a, just a heads up for the listeners. But how they do it is they literally cut off the oxygen, feed them nitrogen, and they suffocate to death. Mm-hmm. And the description from there, all the right-wingers are going, yeah, you know, justice was served. Yeah. But no, the, the actual description of the act is horrific. He was mm-hmm. thrashing. He was clearly s- struggling. Um, killing, a, you know, killing a human being is tough. And first of all, the state shouldn't have that right. Um, that's, you know, I think that's just common sense. We don't, I mean, what strikes me as funny, Patty, is on the Republicans, on conservatives, they don't, you know, the state has no right to tell me what to do here, here, and here. However, the state can, has the power of life and death. Right. Uh, they want to cede the right to, of like, you know, uh, to what to do with your body. Not least of which is. You laughed at me. You said you thought I was kidding when I first said this, but when they passed, when Roe v. Wade was was struck down, that the states like Alabama, Mississippi, South Carolina, Texas – you're going to have Looney Tunes try to outlaw birth control—basic stuff: birth control pills, morning, right? Uh, let's uh, morning after pills, condoms—and they're doing it. They're really trying to push this legislation. So,
1: I, uh, you know, and, I, and there's and there's it, data from the uh, the American Medical Association that there are tens of thousands of women who have been raped and have gotten pregnant as a that. result. And uh, and I, I it's un- it's absolutely insane. So basically, a man can. Uh, Attack a woman, brutally rape her, impregnate her, and then file for custody of the baby. He, they can choose the mamas of their children and, for, and force them to birth in, in yeah, unwanted. I think that
6: it's crazy. I and mean, By the way, this I, I, number Just saying things out loud. Is it was, yeah, 64 was thousand Was it forty three?
1: Sixty four thousand. I saw a couple because they, <laughs> they well they go by reported rapes, and majority of rapes are not reported. So these are of the number of rapes that were reported, and culminating in a in a pregnancy. Which everyone's looking at the unwanted pregnancy part and you're like, that's how much rape happens. That's how much men yeah. force themselves on women. Yeah. And Abbott said when they overturned Roe v. Wade and Dobbs, he said, Well we're gonna we're gonna make sure there aren't any more rapes happening in Texas where they can't control <laughs> their toxic masculinity. They gotta they oh, can't no, keep their weapon a- in their pants. Sorry.
6: This is the same governor you texted, you actually posted to uh, Center Clip, which is a wonderful audio app everyone should have, uh, talking about when he said he was on the, um, the, the conservative uh, podcast. And he said, he said, ladies and gentlemen, he said, well, the only reason we'd be shooting the, the immigrants, but, you know, that Biden would be prosecuting us for something. Yeah. You know what that something's called? It's called Murder. It's murder. You don't shoot human beings. Yep. You just don't do it. You can't. And that SOB, he'll probably be reelected elected governor of that state
1: again. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You touched the Let, n- I mean,
6: Anytime yeah. you talk about anyone who diminishes human beings like that, anyone who sees them as chattel or animal or just
4: animals or targets, to be shot.
6: Yeah. I, I'm sorry. That's just disgusting. And I mean, this is a reason I'm a recovering Republican because I cannot – I can't vote for that party anymore. I can't vote for a party that, you know, first of all, has as its leader a guy who has who turned prematurely orange. Um, you reminded, I, I, you reminded me of something.
1: You reminded me of something about uh, t- treating people like their chattel. I don't know how to find. Uh, there was a legislator from Wisconsin yesterday who was saying that uh, he has been a veterinarian for decades, and so he has done a lot of. He's done thousands of ultrasounds on animals, so he knows uh, the development of the mammalian fetus, and so he knows uh, that you know it is life, and we you know we have to outlaw abortion at all costs. And then there was another woman who says uh, was saying that if a woman gets pregnant, it's her fault, which excludes the wide range of everything, the wide range of health issues, of rape, of incest, of ectopic pregnancies, of, of fe- fatal conditions that now a woman is a walking morgue, uh, women who have miscarriage, a miscarriage, this woman in Ohio who was charged with uh, the um, abuse of a corpse. I mean, like, what would what, 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 it, it, it make it make sense? Okay. I'm gonna start yelling. Yeah, and to
6: say that you're pro-life, and then when life appears, you don't give two craps about it,
1: or the life of the woman at all. Like we were told, they everyone told us for decades. Well, no, you know, I'm against abortion unless it's the uh, the safety and the health of the of the mother. Right. Then that's right. absolutely proven to be untrue across the board.
6: Untrue. Well, because the laws are written by morons. I mean, that's the other. That's in, that, there's a lot of parts to this, but there's it's all it's all comes back to the morons.
1: The morons. Let's take a break here. We're talking with an ex moron. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> recovering moron. That's <laughs> recovering moron. They're recovering. Aw, I don't even like that I said that. I'm sorry, Scott. Hi, Scott. We adore Scott. Uh, Scott is a uh, is the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News, as well as a contributor to Center Clip. Uh, so everyone should. Do- to download Center Clip as an app and then you can find all of our, yes. our contributions there apparently I recorded one entire uh, conversation uh, with mute on and then they accidentally posted that not knowing that I had uh, I had not listened to my own audio I was in a hurry so I apologize everyone who did not hear why Nikki Haley should ride this thing out until she absolutely can't anymore just keep writing I have a theory about Nikki Haley excellent I, I have a theory it. let's hear it when we come back okay. on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal we're also taking your calls 773-763-9278 you can also text us to that same number 773 773- 763 WCPT. And hi to our friends in Minneapolis, St. Paul, listening on KTNF 950 AM. We love you.
8: Thanks, said, from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time.
1: Now available at Provisions Uptown in Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Baskin on WCPT 820.
1: Joining me is Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. He's also a contributor at Center Clip, and uh, you can find all of his work at gocomics.com. Center Clip is an app. You can also follow Center Clip on Twitter so you can catch all of those uh, mini podcasts. We all kind of just uh, jump on when the mood strikes us and share our thoughts on topics of the day. Hi Scott.
6: Assuming we don't record it on mute.
1: Yeah, I recorded my on mute. Uh, well, let me take a call before <laughs> oh, before that... we move on to Nikki Haley. Let's okay. uh, let's get a phone call from okay. Steve in Chicago. Have some thoughts on our conversation we've been having. Hey Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Happy to hear from you. Good.
9: Yeah. Um, two things. Um, I want. Well, actually three. But two. Th- first two is um, I wanted to chime in on the rape numbers. There was a really good analysis on WCPT uh, last night. I forget who the host was, but it was 64,500 okay. reported right. rates. So, of course, it's not. So, of course, that's not all of them because not right. all of them are reported. And that's only in the seven states where abortion has been made illegal. So that doesn't cover all the other states in the country.
1: Right. So it, it's a, that's it's crazy. a
9: staggering number.
1: It really is. Oh, did you fall? What happened there?
9: Hello? Oh, oh sorry. My, uh, my, my earbuds just went, uh,
8: okay. went out.
1: <laughs> I am, Scott, um, I'll tell you something. I'm so sensitive to sounds like poor Roosevelt called earlier and he had me on speakerphone. I'm like, take me <laughs> on <out>, speakerphone.
9: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, um, but I go also ahead. wanted to chime in uh, regarding the, um, the uh, uh, putting kids to work issue. I saw another really interesting detail today, and I'm sure the Republican hypocrisy will shock you. Um, but apparently, you know, after uh, how many years of, oh, we have to protect our children and, we, you know, we the parents have to make the decisions and, and keep the books away from our children. Apparently, one of the rationales that they're using in uh, Missouri is, well, we have to pass these laws because it would be intrusive for the company to have to go to the parent. And get the parent to give permission for their child oh. to work.
1: <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Okay, wait, hold on a second. The uh, consent, the party of they want parental consent, wants to go around the parents and get just have them go straight to work for the corporations. Is that, am I getting yeah, this right? Exactly. So okay. I, I, eventually,
9: yeah, eventually, we'll get to the point where just you'll get raped, you'll give birth, and the baby will just be turned over to a corporation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've had that same thought. Because they don't want to give permits to to migrants, they don't want asylum seekers, they don't want people of of color coming across the, the, our southern border, and and look, Senator Katalowski and I talked about this yesterday. Scott, Democrats do want. Immigration reform. We do support legal immigration. We are against illegal immigration. Yeah. Uh, we want it to work better. We want it to be funded. We want our the men and women on the border to be supported when they are working there, and the people coming across the border to be safe. Um, but it, it, this seems like again the forced birthing, right? Because well, in Wisconsin they said it out loud, Scott, that we wouldn't have a labor shortage if all those women didn't have abortions in the past. Like they've they've said all that, and um, Speaker yep. Johnson said last year that when they were talking about Social Security, they said they won't touch Social Security if uh, women would just stop having abortions because that would solve Social Security. Sure. They see forced birthing as some sort of bizarre solution to all of our problems. The labor force, social security, oh my gosh. yes, and, and more white people. I mean, I, I think watching the results in Iowa and New Hampshire has shown us we have plenty of white people on stock. They're all, <laughs> the shelves are full of white people, folks. Yeah, tons of them. <laughs> if you're annoyed by brown and black people, if you're tired of Asians in your community, go to Iowa, New Hampshire. They'll, they'll, they'll welcome you. Yes. I have to take a break? Oh, fine. <laughs> Steve, did you I'm have just it?
6: watching the clock. I'm sorry, Steve. You. I just, I like just that.
1: Looking. It's Scott's giving me the signal. It's time for a break. Steve, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much for calling. <laughs> Thanks, man. bye Appreciate it. Let's take a quick break here, uh, per my producer in Alabama. Uh, the number is 773-763-9278. <laughs> to join our conversation again, the number is 773-763-9278. More in a moment. Oh, and KTNF, we want to say hi to you as well. Sorry you can't call during the show. Maybe maybe listen earlier, but then you have your shows there. Eh, you know what I mean. Talk to you soon we in love a moment. You, we, we do love you. More after this.
0: You're listening to Driving It <laughs> Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: And joining us on the line is Scott Santos, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News, as well as contributor to Center Clip, a... uh An app devoted to many podcasts from people of all all range of perspectives. Uh, Scott and I uh, sometimes we disagree on things, but I think one of the I I wonder where we stand. Uh, I I apparently did a very silent podcast, a little uh, thought piece (laughs) on how Nikki Haley should uh, stay in there for as long as possible. One one of the reasons that I I had said uh, was because I want to know what Republicans are running for. What's their platform? I mean, she has said that she believes in a national ban on abortion. Okay, got that. So at least we. Know that that I mean we knew that that was one of their priorities. Uh, I don't really know what else there is. Anyway, wh- why do you think she? Wh- what are your thoughts on Nikki Haley?
6: I think she is running as um, almost like a Chris Christie type of a character. I, I, I it struck me the like the other day. I, I think I know why would she keep running. She got you know she she lost in Iowa. She lost in New Hampshire. Uh, South Carolina is going to be embarrassing, I suspect, if the numbers and the polling is correct. What's the polling at, um,
1: 30, 30% up for uh, – 30
6: points yeah, up for Trump? he's okay. way up. He, she, she has gotten no uh, endorsements from any of the major uh, uh, constitutional officers in South Carolina, a state where she served two terms as governor. So that's, that's got to be embarrassing. I think she's going to stick around and be a Liz Cheney-type character. And huh. here's what I'm thinking. She, she may run as an independent and just just to just to be a a burden Oh, I don't
1: need any of that. There. I do not need any of that. Not this time I don't. We got no, we got enough of that that Oh, no, she takes I mean there there's
6: a lot of republicans who just don't recognize the party anymore. And myself included, who look at That's fine you know, if she wants uh, to go uh,
1: Yeah, that's fine if she wants to do it in another election season. Do you think? I mean, I don't see that Well, but, but but then let's say she
6: hangs on and she goes through South Carolina and she gets creamed there. She just gets just gets wiped out. Then you go on to Super Tuesday. I mean, so she has enough money. She raised. She's a very good fundraiser. But what's the point then? I can't see I, I, at that point, and you've lost so much. I don't see looking towards twenty eight. Assuming there's an election in twenty
1: eight, folks. Let's just keep that one in mind. Uh, exactly. I'm saying because,
9: that's
6: <laughs> a recovering
1: po- a Republican saying that. By the way, I mean. Yeah, this is no, all the
6: allegiance to this guy. I'm reading a book. I think I may have told you this before, but I apologize. It's, I'm about to be 65 years old, and at my age, I start every third sentence with "Have I told you this already?" I do that too. <laughs> do. But I'm reading a book. Uh, Wonderful, very, 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 very thick book. Uh, It's a it's a kind of a dual biography of Stalin and Hitler. Uh, It goes it goes goes like every five years what they were doing in their lives and how they how they rose to power. And I know it's like you know. Trump is Hitler, but there's so many similarities now. I'm hitting the chapter now where uh, Hitler has ascended to power. He's become chancellor. He's starting to you know get rid of all the institutions and the democratic institutions in Germany. And what's interesting is that he didn't run on anything. They didn't have – the Nazi Party did not have – the National Socialists uh. did not have a policy. I would challenge anyone. What does Donald Trump, from a policy standpoint, stand for? Because as – as a recovering Republican, as someone who has, you know, sympathy towards conservative governing things like lower taxes, uh, things like really adult, uh, you know, reasonable understanding of how budgets happen and, 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 and a, a real kind of emotional response and disdain for, for, for debt and deficit spending. This guy's got none of that. He do not care. This guy, you know, the four years of Trump, the spending went through the roof. And I mean, so that's number one, all the other stuff. What does Donald Trump stand for? And the thing that he doesn't stand for anything other than Donald Trump, that's it. And you better fall in line. And it's every at every level of the Republican Party in republican states if you don't follow along, well illinois is a great example i'm sorry my voice is getting high um <laughs> i'm getting excited but i'm looking at illinois and i'm looking at bailey the um, oh
1: darren the republican bailey nominee yeah. for governor yeah well he's I mean, running yes, against both. he's, he's running for itself. congress now or yeah he's running for senate <sighs> why, or something yeah why not does he have a no congress chance? oh absolutely he's got a chance against boss yeah yeah for sure really oh yeah but and Spending
6: you ask Bailey, what do you stand for? Guns. What do you stand for? What guns? Yeah, guns. That's it. Okay, so they have that one thing, and and Trump is owning because he does on everything. He's owning uh, knocking down Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. and um I don't know that that's a that's a. That he, I think he did realize until he didn't that that's a that that, that uh, suburban women kind of feel have uh, you know opinions on that issue.
1: <laughs> Couple two three. <laughs> A couple, couple thoughts on that. It's not that well, one. The thing he's running on is immigration, and uh, we're seeing that even play out with, uh, uh, you know, in the Capitol where he's making phone calls to the Speaker saying, you know, put your foot on this. Yeah. Kill this yeah. deal because uh, I don't want Biden actual, to
6: Where they actually want to legislate, where they actually mm-hmm. want to, oh, I don't know, govern. Fix some problems. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. And fix the problem. And he's making calls to the Looney Tune um, Speaker of the House, who he knows he has yep. by, you know. The cojones. By the throat. Oh, yes. I'm a tire. I you. was going on. Co- I like yours better. All right, then. I like yours better. Got him yes. by the balls. Can <laughs> <laughs> I say that? I- yeah, yeah got him by ball. the balls. Got by the tennis balls.
1: God, you sounded Chicago there. Say that again. <laughs> got him got buy- by the, got the tennis balls. Dennis Ball. i've been watching boardwalk empire and they have some scenes that are chicago so it's like these gang they're doing gangster chicago voices and it's just cracking me up so it's all like what they're, they're all talking what? like this uh you so well you you stay on the south side i'll stay on the north side all right oh yeah that's the, O'Banian. the banyan
6: character yeah. talks like that
1: yeah he talks like this all the time yeah. what you don't think that's funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go back to immigration for a minute because we have a listener calling okay. from Duluth uh, Dynamo Dave is oh, on the line cool. calling about immigration hey. Hi Dynamo Dave, you're on with me and Scott Stantis How are you doing? Hello Persistent candy. <laughs> Thank um you. I like that better. Hey, I, I, like I like persistent better than perceptive because I'm not always that perceptive. Oh, so. I'm
8: sorry. Yeah, persistent and perceptive. I'm sorry. And I, I like persistent. That's fine. I like it. Oh, thanks. Perceptive. perceptive. Right now, because you told me that you're the master of Google, oh, uh, oh, uh, looking up stuff. Yep. That's why I figured. You're ah, persistent. I see. But okay. uh, so now you got two PPs. There you yeah, go. There's a three P woman. But uh, <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, Bob. Um, <laughs> So I was, you know, okay. okay. The longest time they used to refer to them as, well, first they called call them illegal aliens when I was growing up. Right. And then they called them illegal immigrants. Okay, I get that. That seems fine. Aliens seems like they're up to extraterrestrials. But uh, but now, you know, when did it flip to undocumented? I have nothing against people who are trying to whatever. But it's like, it almost gives it. The whole thing permission in your Google search. I couldn't find anything that told me when did we start referring our parts of the media or whatever referring to them as as Ill, the people who are immigrating illegally as undocumented people.
1: I'm doing it. I'm doing it very quickly. Uh let's see. Uh, 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 Nothing's think. more
6: interesting than listening to someone go on the computer
1: on the radio.
8: It's <laughs> scintillating people. This is it is, this it is, is. radio. It this, is is. Is this is broadcast it gold. It, it is. Uh
1: illegal, undocumented but, uh, here. Illegal, undocumented, unauthorized. News media shift language on immigration. Uh, so they with Congress now pondering a major immigration bill, which was this was back in two thousand thirteen with two other periods in nineteen ninety six, two thousand two in 2007, uh, during all four term period all, all, all four time periods, the term used most frequently in newspapers was illegal immigrant. So And then uh, this year, several news organizations anou- announced a ban on the term. This is in 2013. They announced a ban on the term illegal immigrant. Now, Scott will tell you, I used to work at a radio station where before I got there, the uh, head of the organization said, the- there's a hundred and some words you can no longer say. They were banning words. Um, so the oh. so the L.A. Times and the Associated Press said that uh, it lacked precision and broadly labeled a large group. So they decided to change the way Americans and new Newsrooms talk about immigration. it looks like 2013, um, the use of illegal alien, a term considered insensitive insensitive by many, reaches a low point in 2013, dropping to five percent of all use. Uh, In general, the newspapers uh, reduce the use of the word use of the word illegal over time. Uh, in nineteen ninety six terms terms it included illegal, illegal alien, illegal immigrant, illegal worker, and illegal migrant. So this is some of the, the uh, trajectory of the terms uh up until two thousand thirteen. But I, I that's just they were trying to find ways to because newspaper and Scott will tell you, the editorial board or the, the the editor of the paper will say, Let's let's find a different way to term this and that becomes part yeah, of our conversation yeah. and our language, right Scott? Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, and uh, but I'm, I'm kind of with. I'm, I, I'm not sure where Dynamo Dave's going with this. I, I think I know, but I mean, I'm, I am wondering why. Okay, I'm, I'm going to sound like the cis white male that I am. Why is that bad? Why yeah. is saying if someone yeah. is an illegal immigrant, why why not use that phrase?
1: Because the from from the. Uh, f- from my community saying somebody somebody if you're an, immi- you're an immigrant, you're an immigrant right so the well, adjective right. you're illegal is meaning that a human being is, is illegal so you're here illegally I guess is more of the adjective the mm. immigrant is here illegally as, as opposed to and this kind of goes to you know when we put the label in front of the person I guess that's you know no human being can be illegal your existence is not illegal you being here is illegal. So you are, it's the only way I can think of it, I'm sure that somebody else has a, a better explanation of that.
8: Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I wonder if it didn't have something to do, you know, the corporations own most newspapers, and they own, well, obviously, their networks and stuff like that. Then guess what? They're the ones, they've got commercial advertising. They're trying to sell commercials. And if they're, they don't want to alienate, a portion of the population is buying their product, you know. <laughs> so then you would pop on the news with those people watching news. maybe now, then, I don't know. And it's like, I'll send, if they're in the news show, they're referring to illegal uh, illegal immigrants or whatever. Hey, we got to call them something different because we may lose our customers, some of our customers or whatever. So maybe they got poor pressure, knowing that they're a corporation, that they got to use certain language, to, you know, know not to lose... Uh, you know, customers, as it were, because that's all they are. You know, uh, what was that guy, Marshall McLuhan, when he got before Congress, they asked him back, what, 1959 or 60, he uh, said, Marshall, what do you think of television now that's been around for about 10, 15 years? And he goes, well, it was a waste to sell products that people need, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and then they created public TV. But so... Well, okay, can I just move
1: along? I want you know, the whole death penalty thing. I'm sorry. You guys, you guys comment on that. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Do, let's do the, the death penalty. I, I do have to run for a break, but go ahead. Well, sure.
8: So uh, I was wondering if you and your guests knew how many states have death by firing stock. I'm talking about U.S.
1: states. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I oh, yeah. If I remember
6: correctly, I'm remembering uh, Gary Gilmore back in this, uh, who was the first. Uh, execution after the Supreme Court, uh, you know, brought made it legal again, and he was, that was firing squad in Utah. How many of
8: the mm-hmm. others are there? Yeah, so there's also Mississippi, the neighbor of Alabama, of Oklahoma, of South Carolina. And now there's a fifth one that uh, they made it, uh, approved it in their state legislature in 20, March, I believe it was March of 2023 or so. Idaho.
1: Idaho, so yeah. Idaho, South Carolina, yeah. Oklahoma, Utah, yep.
8: Yeah, so, of course, you know, two of those are in a Bible belt, and supposedly, you know, if I Christianity, you're supposed to make the Ten Commandments, "Thou shall not kill. So what's going on there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well,
6: not, not to yeah. mention Jesus Christ. I'm thinking if he came back and went, you know, capital punishment,
8: didn't like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I right. guess he's not a fan of that. Yeah. I mean, he, right. that's a really good point. During the first stone. Yeah. If, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> if you would think they would not. What, is it like a tribute to Jesus? Well, you know, he was executed. We may as well execute everybody else. I, I've got to. I've yeah. got to run, but I, I have it. I think I have a little bit of an answer to both you and Scott here. Thanks so much, Dave. My nice Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, so it is. So the other reason. So the um, this goes back to the AP uh, no longer using illegal immigrant, that it should only be described an action, but not a person. That's what I'm saying. So illegal should describe an okay. action. Uh, which This represents an important shift uh, at the newspapers. Advocates, advocates and immigrant advocates, of course, have long proclaimed no person, no person is illegal. Uh, it's is, and by the way, so it's also, I think, because the action of being undocumented is a, it's kind of a flu. There are different variations of what's breaking the law, right? So illegal blankets all cases with com- connotations of criminality, but different cases are treated differently under the law. So living in the U.S. without authorization, such as overstaying a visa but entering the country legally, is a civil but not a criminal offense. Illegal also carries with it a finality that obscures the fluidity of immigration status, which can be adjusted based on... On different individual circumstances, so it's a, yeah, so it's, but you know, you know, Americans, we're not going to get nuanced about this stuff. I'm just saying,
6: <laughs> we don't do, nu- we don't do subtle. This yeah. country, we really don't. But real quickly, the, the, what we're seeing along the border now are not illegal immigrants, by the way, or or immigrants are who are here illegally. Right. They're here looking for sanctuary from. You know, now it's not Mexico. Now it is uh, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras, where the gangs have taken over. Uh, Ecuador is another example. Um, a friend of mine, his his wife is Ecuadorian, and they were thinking, that would be a lovely place to retire. <laughs> but but currently, the gangs have taken over, yeah. and they're running for their lives. And yes. that's what – and by the way, immigrants are such a boon to the economy. They're boon to – a. I, I don't understand. You have to manage it, and you have to have this. You know, you have to obviously have a sovereign border. But this is nuts that we have become this nation, and we always have been, Patty. We've always hated the immigrants since the German immigration of the 18th century.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me get to of the call before we go to the break because uh, Cindy's on uh, on the line. Hey, Cindy, you're calling. She's calling from Chicago. What's on your mind?
4: Hi, um, my daughter um, is adopted from China. And thus, um, for the grace of President Bill Clinton, who said that every child adopted out of the country by citizens would automatically be a citizen, she would have come here on a green card. Um, It seems that we always have to find a certain population to hate, Yeah. Um, whether it's Hispanics, Chinese you know, um, whatever. I mean, I remember when, uh, and I, I talked to you before about this when COVID first came out and she was working downtown and she would be spit on like, take your disease back to China. Um, I, uh, yeah, exactly. I I, um, I always remember that, somebody needs somebody to hate. I grew up in a Catholic neighborhood where, oh, your parents are divorced. You can't come play in our house anymore. That kind of thing, I mean, has perpetuated itself throughout history. And I don't know how we transform that into people are human beings. People deserve a chance. People are are human beings who could offer your society... A wonderful path forward, you know, to progress that yeah, we don't seem to see the best in people, no matter what their population is. If you're not, <laughs> my daughter's Chinese. I'm not. She calls me plain. <laughs> <And> she says. <laughs> <A> plain. <laughs> exactly. You're plain. Because when she was little, she would say, um, do you, oh, she's like four. Do you think I'm going to marry... A Chinese prince or a plain prince? I'm like plain. well, yeah, you're plain. And she saw everybody else in the whole world except Chinese, black, Hispanic. Like you're plain. So it's like that childhood, you know, that childhood innocence of, you know, just people have to integrate. I mean, my grandmother came here from Austria on a transport um, and she had to leave children behind because they had T V and you know it was during World War One. And I I can't understand the fact that we just seem to want to hate somebody. And what the hate becomes a political point of view. And that just is like it's not who we are. We are not those people. We are not people who, you know, I went to Shirts High School. Are you kidding me? Talk about integration. Right. You know, Um, I got introduced to a Shiki from one of my friends. It's like, it's hot. We're a Shiki. I know you're white and, you know, you're a a skinny white girl, but guess what you need to wear in this this school? Because there's no air conditioning and the windows are closed. You know, I mean, you just, I don't get it. I don't get it, Patty. I know. I just don't. I, I And I worked in special ed for 100 years, and I look at people who discriminate against children like yours. And yeah. that's like, are you kidding me? You know, I can't, you know, it's it's why I support certain groups. I, you know, support Shriners because my students couldn't get wheelchairs that fit them except for Shriners. Right. Not from the state. I know. Oh, no,
1: we can't do that. Yeah. Oh, you should see. Oh, I'm sure there's you like do. one person we're running into this now, and I this is what I'm trying to work on uh, in my day job. But there's like one person, Scott, who basically makes decisions on all equipment for individuals who need like a walking aid or uh, uh-huh. equipment. It's, it's, like, <clears throat> it's really bad. It's it's horrifying. And it's bad. like
4: really, who who are you? Who who are you to decide whether this person needs assistance to get around? Do you yeah. have a medical degree? Do you have an OTPT? Any background? Do you have uh, uh, kindness of hurt? Do you, do you think <laughs> that these children who still... Dis- I mean, my... my, Well, I, I shouldn't say this too loud, but my husband was my daughter's principal in middle school. And when she would get picked on for being Asian, and do your eyes always stick like that, she would <gasps> never tell her father. She did not want right to be bullied because she told on them. So oh, she for so three years she went through three years of middle school and she was the principal and it didn't come out till she was in high school. It was like, Are you kidding me? Right? Yeah so, you know, you just there are children who never volunteer. They don't step up, they can't. They just I mean, it's just that whole culture and you know, Kenny, I have to tell you that I am so grateful for your Two hours on the radio because not only do you advocate for children like your son, you advocate for all children.
1: Oh, thank you for that.
4: It, it makes me cry because I mean, after all the kids that I have worked with in special ed for 25 years, they're securely autistic, etc., um, you know, kids who
1: get ADD, you know, I you're you're not. You, you shouldn't be pushed to the side. You are. You should not. You are so wonderful. Uh, thank you for the, the story. Scott wants to share something. Go ahead, Scott.
6: I just wanted to jump in real quick, Cindy. My brother um, was developmentally disabled. He had epilepsy, and special ed teachers were phenomenal. So what you're doing... <clears throat> excuse me.
1: Oh, I know. <clears throat> you're make, oh, he's getting thank sh- you. Thank you. Yeah, from both of us. And for everything just, you've done. It's just, it's just hard. It's hard to see...
4: That you feel that because you're white and skinny and you know live in a suburb or wherever you live, that you feel you have special privileges to anybody else who lives in the whole world. You know, you listen to people crab because they have less. Are you kidding me? There are people who have less than nothing. So wake up. Anyway, Thank,
1: that <laughs> was. All I have to say. Okay. Oh, Cindy, we wake love up. you. Thank you, Cindy. <laughs> And I did catch your last show. I love you. love bye. you, Cindy. Take care. Uh, let me, let bye, me, bye bye. I, that was such a beautiful call. You know, sometimes you wonder, like, you know, am I, am I doing everything I can? And then you get a phone call like that and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing some of the right things. Oh, Scott. No. Let's take a break here and we'll get a sip of water. How's that? That was a wonderful phone call, Cindy. Okay. We're both very grateful. Quick, a quick break and we'll be right back and we'll wrap up after this on WCPTA 20 Heartland Signal. We, man. we are, uh, wrapping, you hold, Scott. We're on the air, Scott. We, yes. <laughs> go ahead. We're back with Scott Santos. I know I didn't do the music, so you were thrown off. You were saying the special ed teachers do such a great job. Yeah. Yes, there you are. I hear you. I hear you. Can you hear me? okay I'm there you bad. go Sorry. Yeah, you we were saying that teachers <laughs> do a great job we were, we we're both feeling a little emotional I, I agree it's a lot and there was a, a lot that she shared with us too and I I sometimes maybe uh, dabble in a, in a gummy at bedtime once in a while and I'm drifting off and my mind kind of wanders and I'm like is it you know how I sometimes feel like evolution is, at some point we've got to where we are as as humanity and the rest of it I think is a choice evolving to be empathetic and kind it now becomes a choice Every you know, we are not fighting for our survival. You know, whether it's the elements or the you know wild animals uh, chasing us and trying to hunt and all those hard things to do. Uh, now we just fight with each other, and I think we have to choose evolution now at this point.
6: Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's the, why we are not nicer makes zero sense to me. But we the people like Cindy makes me feel. Maybe we're, maybe we are going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. We are going to be okay. Or or not. (laughs) Scott, Scott, we've got to run. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Let me figure out a day that works for you as well next week uh, because I'd love to continue our conversation. And uh, maybe we will remember what I found in my uh, bartender's guide and talk about it some other time. (laughs) Naughty, naughty photos. Uh, And there was a question. for. We're going to put a pin in this, too. Uh, Dave wants to know, if Trump doesn't win, do you think that you'll be able to reconcile with the Republican Party? So think about that for next time. You don't have to answer it now. Uh, So, Scott, uh, find him at gocomics.com. I hope, uh, are you joining us for Whiskey and a Cookie in a minute? Yeah, I'll be there for a few minutes. Excellent. All right, so Whiskey to, and Cookie, uh, everybody go to the deal. Patty Vasquez Show because this show continues in just a moment uh, with video with Esmeralda and Elliot and Adam Selzer. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Paul, for everything. Mike crews up next with Devil's Advocates. Have a great weekend, everybody.